man. How are you? Are you um, not tired from yesterday? Am I not tired from yesterday? I'm not tired from yesterday. No, I actually like I've got a good night of sleep after after maybe a few too many of those red red cocktails. Those red cocktails are quite nice. I only had one because it's been a long two weeks from London Film Festival yeah. having parties and drinks. How do you regulate yourself in those kind of things situations? What in those evenings? Yeah. You know what? I think the the key is to have a glass of water in between drinks, isn't it? Because <laughs> You can get so gassed up off of the adrenaline of it all and people like going to get you drinks or whatever, you, you, you can actually end up like looking like a mess. So I try to stay hydrated as well as um, lubricated. I hear that, I hear that. All right, hi, guys. I'm a Craig Jamfee, founder of the British Blacklist. And um, I'm with this guy. I don't know if you know him. He's going to need to introduce himself because I'm not sure. I'm not really sure about him, to be fair. Yes, and I, you, I mean, like, you never put respect on my name, but it's fine, it's fine, we, we keep it moving. <laughs> I'm Papa Siadu, I'm an actor, um, and yeah, in, in the Lazarus Project at the moment, series two. Yeah, man, it's back, it's back, baby. Okay, so, look, I know you're, is this going to be like, no spoilers, no spoilers. But however, can you overview where season one left us? and summarise where season two is going to take us without spoilers for those who haven't watched season one and for those chomping at the bit for season two. You're not really out here making us trying to do your job, isn't it? Yeah, hey, absolutely. <laughs> All right, so season one, let's just project. The first season follows George, who's like an ordinary, a pretty ordinary guy who gets recruited by this multi- um, national organization called Lazarus Project, which have got the ability to reverse time in order to avoid extinction level events. So that could be anything from a nuclear bomb going off to a global pandemic. They can reverse time to uh, fiddle with something in the past that avoids that from happening. So the first season follows his journey through that. And he he's given a decision once he's in the organization of whether he reverses time to save his girlfriend who has been run over and killed or whether he doesn't and um, commits to his professional responsibilities. That kind of like progresses in a certain way, but it, it involves a lot of action, drama, betrayal. We end the final season with him having to give Sarah, his girlfriend, a serum so that she too understands the reality of this time traveling world. And also they're caught in a three week time loop, which uh, repeats infinitely. You know, so they're all going kind of crazy. So that's the end of season one. Season two starts about two seconds after that. So we, we very much pick up where we left off. And George has to come clean to the Lazarus Project about all the things that he's done. He's got to come to terms with um, Sarah and the fact that she's now like fully in, in the truth and what that means for his relationship with her. And also think about how his future at the, uh, at the Lazarus Project um, looks considering all the changes that have happened so season two starts there and and then expands exponentially and quickly from that point onwards okay first of all thank you because that's one of the dips that I would have ever gone into and how often how often have you had to say this through to help yourself keep track of what's going on uh, probably too often. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's one of those ones. It's not one of those ones where it's like an elevator, an elevator pitch, two two line log line, and yeah. exactly what's going on. You really have to dig deep. But it's an intelligent show. It treats its audiences like they're intelligent, and I'm really proud of a lot of the work that we've done in it. When someone says that the show is intelligent, it treats treats the audience like they're intelligent. 
I've said that on a couple of shows, like when they don't, for me, it's when you're not walked through everything, they don't explain everything, but also whatever language, terminology, code, natural way of people speak, like clicky ways people speak, it's not broken down. You, the audience member, has to come along for the ride. I think Lazarus does that, but is that how, how what you mean when you say it treats yeah, it? Well? I think that's definitely the ambition because we've all watched shows where it feels like it's been spoon fed to us, you know, mm. we're treated like we we don't have the intellectual capacity to be able to reach whatever the writers or whatever the actors are trying to do. And like sometimes that really works and it's really great if you're like looking to turn off, you're looking for your brain to not do it, you're just looking to rest after a long day, whatever. This is maybe not the show for you if that's what you're trying to do. Do you know what I mean? But it can kind of bring you into a state of your brain feels like it's getting a workout and at the end I feel that there's a satisfaction of being taken along that journey and fully understanding what's going on do you know what I mean it makes people feel like they've earned the whatever the plot twist or whatever the ending is no, I love that I'm smiling because it's like I'm, I'm one of them smugly I get it you, guys, you, know? <laughs> you don't get it it's all right don't <laughs> worry. <laughs> um, so your character George goes through a heck of a lot over the first series and have you settled into who he is and his what his motivations are and where he's where he ends up at the end of season one? Uh, have I settled into it? You know what the thing about George, like you say, like the journey is kind of mad. Do you know what I mean? Like that's what that was one of the things that um, attracted me to it to begin with. You know, it, it started at zero and ended at a very 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 high number you know so he's a character that's constantly in a state of flux he's constantly changing he's constantly being challenged challenging himself um so there, there isn't ever really a, a sense of stasis around him there's never a sense of oh this is who you are and this is who you are gonna be like there's always potential for him to change him and and that's great because that as actors what we want is like that kind of dimension and that you know many faces of the mask it gives us a lot to explore and excavate and yeah I feel I feel like we've been given that in George. Interesting when you say that with um Joe Barton's writing I suppose with a character being changeable and like you're not necessarily sh- sure where they're going to go within a story that's so complicated but however the core characteristics of a character personality traits something needs to be there so that they don't just do anything. So then, it's, then it, it takes you out of the story of like, okay, why is George doing this? We know he wouldn't do this because this is what we're getting used to. So do, do you have any kind of like personality boundaries where though he might get caught up in a madness, it doesn't go against the character that the audience is getting to know? And To be honest, like I, I think George has got great integrity. I don't think he's actually like a crackhead. You know? He's like, you know, he's like, he's not on the mad thing. Even though what he does is, for a certain lens it could be viewed like that it's always connected to a very clear intention which is quite often connected to someone that he loves you know like I think that's the thing that always motivates him he's always doing things for someone that he loves in like a relatively selfless way I don't think he's a kind of like moralless anyone can get it type person you know it's like he's doing what he has to do would you be friends with George if you met him so it's it's oh (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot. Yeah. I, you know what? I think I'd find that as a friend, I'd find him quite frustrating. He's a one track guy. Do you know what I mean? So I would say, bro, just take a beat, man. Take a beat. Think about it. You know, you've got time. It doesn't have to be all every single day doing up, um, get my girlfriend back. But you, you, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe I could also learn something from him. But it's a lot being around George. I love your stumble because, like, <laughs> yeah, that's good. Because as you mentioned, what frustrates, and it, it's a frustration across the board, so it doesn't take away what I love about Lazarus Project. However, characters that risk the world's safety 
for love. And as much as I'm a romantic and I love love, I love being in love, certain times characters are like, why, George, why? Let's Sarah go in it. Yeah, it's like, I mean, like from, from the removed perspective, it's very easy to say like, George, it's not that deep, you know? But, <laughs> but for him, it's that deep. Do you know what I mean? It has to be that deep for him, you know? And yeah, the, the consequences are many and manifold. But yeah, I, I think me and him would have to have a little sit down, a little talk and really get into it like that. When you talk to him, call me because I want to chip in too in that conversation. Um, so the Lazarus Project has been described as a series that doesn't really invent the wheel when it comes to time travel, loop series and sci-fi theories and themes, but it polishes what's already out there so do you agree with that? And then but what do you think sets it apart? I don't think really it's about reinventing the world all the mm. time. Do you know what I mean? Because like time travel as a concept is a well-trodden path, you know, and there are classics out there. You know, it's not about like saying it's not about taking away from the, the loopers or the groundhog days or the, you know, inception, whatever, whatever it is, mm. uh, quantum leaps. But I do think that what Lazarus Project does well it allows like the scaffolding of the show to be the the time travel concept but that doesn't it doesn't allow that to be the only defining um aspect of the show you know there's still like a lot of very well well grounded human relationships and intentions and challenges that um would be as um at home in like any other kind of drama or action thriller or something like that. It's not like it, ha- it has to be led by the science at all times. You know, at sometimes it's funny, at sometimes it's very sad, at sometimes it's very thrilling, all of that. But um, yeah, I think the focus has always been on trying to make each moment as truthful and as well-grounded as possible in order to make it work on many different levels. And it does work because there's also, which I, I I love a show that manages to have you like at the edge of your seat while the issues hitting the proverbial fan whilst making me laugh and like mm. quickly like imagining in that situation, me and my friends like being involved in this madness and we're going to find time to cuss each other whilst <laughs> going along or making dry jokes because to lighten up the tone. How do you guys navigate that when, you know, when to put in those moments and then when it's like, okay, let's not turn into, you know, some like really slapstick thing and then undermine the integrity of this common sense intelligence that is going on. Yeah, it's a tightrope, isn't it? Because like the slapstick thing doesn't really work. And also like the po face hyper serious thing doesn't really work. You know, yeah. like, I find it so dry when people when characters take themselves so seriously and are so on the nose and sentimental sentimentality kills me dead. So, like, I think it's, yeah, I mean, Joe mentioned it last night in the Q&A. It's a very British thing to kind of, like, puncture yeah. tension or suspense with, like, a little, like, dry, acerbic, acidic, like, um, comment, you know? That's very British and very true, do you know what I mean? So I I, I think at, at, when it, there's, there's always light and shade. Whenever it gets too light, we kind of, like, bring in a little bit of hard-hitting you know, the rule, you know, acting. And then whenever it gets too serious, this glass got to be punctured with a bit of, a little bit of lightness, a little, little bit of humour, you know? And I think that's, that's what allows audiences to both feel safe, but still feel you know, propelled forward with the, with, the, with the plot. Is that super scripted or is it naturally, as you lot are doing it, it's like an improvised... Psh- I mean, like Joe's, Joe's like he's 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 good writer, you know, yeah. funny, and um, he's witty in the way that he writes. So, 
a lot of the stuff is scripted as well but like there's a there's, there's a fair bit of freedom that's uh, afforded to the actors because like after a while like you know the character as well as the writer does you know so you might be like oh let me like just like try a thing and see if it works and then they can do what they want to do with it in the edit so that's tapping into your inner funny are you funny naturally you tell me we we well, I suppose when we spoken, as you said yesterday, we haven't spoken long enough. That's, that sounds like I was gonna say, no, you're not funny, bro. Uh, <laughs> that's cold. That's cold. You know what? Like, look, I like to have jokes, you know, and like especially with like all, all, all the characters, whatever I do on stage or on screen, I try to allow them to have like semi-permeable membranes, you know. So like I I I I like them to kind of be a bit quantum and to sometimes be funny and sometimes be very serious, you know, so that it kind of keeps people guessing the kind of thing that's going to be presented to them. Whether that reflects what I'm like in real life, that's not for that's not anyone who's like, yeah, I'm out here, I'm I'm jokes, you know, I'm I'm funny. Like, who's that? Who's that? <laughs> but yeah. to be fair, well, I think because I just think about Uni Effect, because I did see Uni Effect, and the, your character also had that kind of little dry wit sarcasm. I do associate some of that with you. So yeah, you must you might be funny. You might be. Um, um I'm hilarious. How are you? Yes. I can't wait. I can't <laughs> wait to do that. And they'll perform for you to make me laugh. <laughs> make me laugh. Make me laugh. Oh, give me jokes then. Okay. Uh okay. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> that drink looks nice as well. I like that. Wait, yeah, it's great fruit juice. My favorite. Like speaking of the effect and stuff, you're kind of in a sci-fi futuristic conspiracy theory social experiment bag with a couple of projects you've been in from the Lazarus capture black mirror and like I said the effect so what is this is this the mood of the creatives that that's all the content that's out there when it comes to projects that you're picking up or is it you seeking out projects that help you explore what the hell's going on with the world yeah 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 I am I can't lie I'm, I'm a bit interested in that stuff you know I'm a bit mm. when it comes to that, that kind of stuff but I really like the the crossover of science and art do you know what I mean like I I kind of grew up you know I was going to be a doctor in it so like okay. I grew up like doing science and like I'm interested in that so like films like Oppenheimer or whatever I find I actually find really interesting I think there's a lot for us to learn emotionally and ph- philosophically through the art through the cerebral and the the scientific so I, I even did a like two years ago called a number yeah uh, yeah which was about like um clones you know genetic clones in a world not very far from where we are where you could just like clone your children and raise them differently in the way that if you if you ever made mistakes or whatever and I think that's like it sounds like it's sci-fi but it's very very real do you know what I mean like all of us have these kind of feelings of like what would we do if we were given our chance again you know so I'm kind of fascinated by it so I don't know if it's honest to what the industry is making and like I've never really thought um, I don't like read sci-fi or really watch sci-fi like that I am interested in in investigating it I think that somehow someone somewhere creatives and we we are connected to this higher plane I think when you are in that space you can create and tell these massive stories sometimes I think these films are blueprints because you know predicting pandemics and wars though it's in the mood I don't know there's something in it also I wish that we had superheroes and we really could time travel and fix things but shows like Lazarus ultimately tell us that humans are going to human and f it up do you think we can handle it 
we can barely do it in our own time period, let alone like that. Can you imagine the madness that would 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 happen if we could go back and box shit up, man? That would be it'd be the worst, you know. And shows like Lazarus really, really shine a light on that, you know. We really, we all think that we're the smart ones, right? We think that we're the ones who got the keys to the car, so we got the answers. Yeah, we ain't got the answers. We haven't, and thank you for saying that. <laughs> uh, getting back to season two, so was it like you know putting on a pair of favorite shoes when you got back to it? And seeing all the cast and welcoming the new cast, like Colin Salmon's coming into it as well. Mm. What was it like getting back into it? Yeah, it was good. It wasn't like a huge, huge gap between number one and two. We finished um, number one, but it was maybe like a year or something or nine months in between shooting the two series. And yeah, like as a cast, definitely we're we're very close and we get on very well. Um, but it's always nice to invite new energy and new vibes into the group. We're very lucky to have very, very good actors. I still like, I mean, like Colin Salmon's a legend of the game. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm very, very excited to see how his stuff has gone down. But like, it means a lot, you know, because especially when you're making the first series, you've just got no idea how it's going to be received. You've got no idea, like, in, in this current climate, things are getting cancelled left, right and centre, you know. It's very, very, very difficult to cut through when there's such a huge amount of content out there. So it's a real, like... Like validation and vindication of the work and, and effort and uh, sacrifices that people have put in to make the first season work and to come again to do it again is a real is a real boom. Are you an action hero now? <laughs> I don't think anyone's out here saying that George is an action hero. Like George is like doing his best. He's doing his best with the the gifts that God uh, blessed him with, but they are they're <laughs> limited. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> he's not out here. Um, uh, auditioning for SAS or anything like that, but you know he can do he can do his thing. But like action hero, maybe not action like uh, participant, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you lean on in your little family of cast and crew in this in this space to kind of help you hash out the storyline? Like, was it all of you together always like discussing, or is it like there's someone that you particularly like? You know what? Let's run lines. Let's. We all lean on each other a lot, and obviously, like like you say, it's a very it's a very complex story. So each individual one of us doesn't can't understand it or carry it by ourselves. So we spend a lot of time together, both in and outside of work, because we we shoot this series in South Wales. So a lot of us are away from pretty much all of us are away from home. So living out there, we're all like eating together. Going out at the weekend together, working together—it's it's a bit like being away at a uni or something like that. Okay, let's talk about a few things that you probably can't provide an answer to. Is Rebrov, played by Tom Burke, really the villain in the Lazarus Project? Janet and her daughter—will they be saved? Who runs the time machine? I mean, you—I mean, you know, I can't answer those questions. I know. Just have to just ask. But like, do you actually want to ruin it for everyone? Do you do you do you want it to be on your? I feel, I feel a bit. Board? I feel a bit like George. I feel like I got a bit of George energy in me today. Oh, so you're coming with Agent of Chaos energy, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> I rebuke it. <laughs> rebuke it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Don't answer them. All right. So just getting to know you. So what are you reading right now? Are you reading anything good? Yeah, you know, I'm rereading. Uh, Transcend. Do you ever read Tran- Transcendent Kingdom? by Yaa Jesse. She's a kind of Ghanaian American author. She wrote a book called Home Going. Yeah, I read that. Um, Yeah, maybe like six years ago or something like that. This is her second book. And it's beautiful. It's kind of about like a first and second generation Ghanaian family that moved to Alabama. And I suppose, yeah, the trials and tribulations of uh, life as 
members of the diaspora switching between like 90s type time late 80s early 90s type time and now as she's like a, a successful kind of neuroscience but looks at like addiction looks at looks at single parenthood looks at uh the church it's, it's a brilliant book and um, what are you watching right now just finished watching boiling point which has a fellow class member Vinette robinson in the lead yep. and she's phenomenal in it i actually watched the whole thing in one day and it's intense as hell but yeah i thought it was brilliant it had that real like kinetic improvisational like any anything could happen at any moment um type quality that the film had and i was a huge fan, fan of the film as well what are you listening to right now um, you know what i'm trying to do at the moment i'm trying to see as much live music as possible yeah. you know so like at the weekend i went to see young fathers at the hammersmith apollo which was amazing i'm seeing ezra collective next week i'm seeing nice. sims next week I'm seeing, I'm actually seeing 50 Cent at the Apollo because he's doing the Get Rich, Die Trying. I want to go to that, but anyway, this is a long story. I won't take up our time. So I was going to say, what's the last thing you saw on stage? But that would, I guess, be uh, who you just saw, who you just said. No, I just saw, um, I've seen two things. I saw Death of England. Mm-hmm. I've seen three things, actually. I saw Death of England, which is Roy Williams, Clint Dyer play at the National Theatre with yep. uh, Sharon Duncan Brewster and Hayley Squires. It's amazing. I just seen uh, Vanya with Andrew Scott, amazing. I saw The Confessions, which just opened at the National, which is an Alexander Zeldin play, which looks at, like, I suppose, the story of womanhood in Australia over three generations, which, again, is very, very well observed and detailed. Mm, cool. Uh, where's your current happy place? Current happy place? You know what? This is the first time in ages that I haven't been like working. You know, so like right now I'm actually just trying to like be in my in my yard, really. You know, because <laughs> I haven't been there for a minute. So I guess there. Celebrate someone. Who are you rating right now? Ooh, who do I want to rate right now? I want to celebrate all the people who've been on strike. Actually, the last the last few months, SAG, WGA fighting for the rights for our industry, which is in a state of flux. Mm. Shout out all the people who've been on strike, all the other people who've been affected by that, which is like, you know, the crew, the drivers, the caterers, all of that. Like everyone has to be in this together for us to get the appropriate results. So I wanna wanna celebrate everybody who's like made sacrifices for the future. Um celebrate yourself. I can't lie, like, going to that, so we had this screening for the show last night, Lazarus Project, we had this screening, and they they had the poster up for it, and, like, it's sometimes a bit mad to, like, think about the fact that you're going to be on, that like, billboards, and people, people are really going to be seeing you out here, that's not, that, when I was a kid, that would be something that I couldn't have, but, I mean, actually, like, I was, I was a bit big-headed as a kid, so I was like, yeah, that makes sense, but, like, as an adult, I'm like, wow, it's, like, yeah, it's actually come through, so, let me just, like, celebrate and, and recognise that as a, as a bucket list moment. Ah, I was about to ask, what's on your bucket list? Having a great poster. <laughs> <laughs> great. Um, what's made you sad, mad and glad this week, even though it's like only Wednesday? Or fun what's, only Wednesday? what's made me sad, obviously, like being incredibly sad and worried and concerned and, yeah, just fe- having a lot of feelings about what's happening in the Middle East at the moment. Mm-hmm. Ceasefire, please, ceasefire, please, ceasefire. What's made me mad... Well, I'll tell you what's made me glad. Like I'm I'm a Man United fan and it's not been it's not been the one of late, you know. So like recently we picked up a couple of wins and it, it, it's looking like things are gonna like Andre Anana, a black Cameroonian goalkeeper in the Premier League, saves a penalty in the last minute of the Champions League last night. People are rating him and he deserves his flowers. So let me be glad about that. 
Okay, but we'll... <laughs> 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 yeah, whatever. Um, okay, and when it's all said and done, I don't know, finish the sentence. When all is said and done, as I said to George, it ain't that deep, man. Just like take a take a second and just smile, innit? <laughs> relax, man, relax. <laughs> in fact, oh, by the way, just something. I was doing my research and I saw an interview. You said that the district line is the worst line. That's my line. District line is trash. It saves me ultimately. You can't say that. When was the last time you got the district line? Well, I mean, I would still be on it if I was, a, if I was, if I, if I, if I, even if it was like last week. Damn, that's the worst one. I'm a Victoria Line guy, you know. So yeah, you lot think you're nice. That's why. Victoria Line. Nice. It's like one of them Tokyo trains. Full it's hot and full of weirdos. On the <laughs> anyway, Papa, thank you. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, and it's so great to catch up with you. I hope it's not uh, as long before we see each other again. I know. Let's yeah, in human life. One day, we'll yeah. see. Yeah.